Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of this podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, on this fine Tuesday, I've got the opportunity to catch up with my good buddy, Josh Cox, from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. We're talking all things Duke men's basketball. Busy week for the Blue Devils. Mark Williams officially declaring for the NBA draft yesterday. The coaching staff starting to come together, recruiting, and a whole lot more coming up on today's show. Without further ado, allow me to bring in my good buddy, Josh Cox. As uh, Josh, we talked a lot about football yesterday. People can go now and listen to the Section 17 podcast review from Duke Football's spring game. But, buddy, we're switching it over to basketball. We're talking about John Shire and company. Yeah, man. Um, it's that time of year, right? That time of year, <laughs> football, spring uh, practice finishing up, basketball finishing up, banquets, uh, NBA declarations. May, who knows what else, right? Who knows what else? Transfer portal declarations. All that, so it's a good time, man. You know, no, no, no actual uh, basketball or football going on right now, but it's a great time to talk about it, right? You've obviously been a Duke fan forever. You love all things Duke and that sort of thing. Does it ever like? Is it mind-boggling to you, so to speak, that every single year when you look at the calendar, Duke men's basketball in particular, you can find a reason to talk about them at any given point? Hey, listen, we're the most relevant program in college basketball. And that's maybe that's arguably, but I, I believe it. And I believe we're going to stay that way um, for the foreseeable future. It is what it is. I mean, it's like Yankees baseball. Maybe they don't win every year, but everybody's talking about them. And that's right. the same way it is with Duke basketball. We don't win every year. But people can't stop talking about us. It also helps when basically half of the uh, NBA uh, playoff rosters are full of Blue Devils. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we still have that. Yeah, no, no kidding. We saw over the weekend on Sunday an absolutely epic game one between Brooklyn and Boston. Kyrie Irving versus Jason Tatum. Seth Curry is starting for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I I keep thinking about that the whole time. And we had the years of Kyrie and Tatum with the Celtics. There's that photo when they played a training game, a preseason game in the Dean Dome, and they're both wearing their Duke gear together for the Celtics going into it. But boy, oh boy, some of the best players in the league at this point, now that Coach K and Duke officially sort of transitioned to this one-and-done era, the best players in the league happen to be a part of the brotherhood in Duke. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I'm not – this is an NBA podcast, but, I mean, I, I think Jason Tatum should finish as a first-team All-NBA player this year. We'll see if that happens. If he's not first-team All-NBA, I feel like he's the – he'll be the sixth guy. I feel like he'll be the, the number one vote-getter on that second team. Um, and, honestly, he's still got improvement. Yeah. He's still got ways to improve. That's what's crazy about this guy. He has ways to improve. Um, and then Kyrie, man, like, I mean, people can think what they want to think. I get it. Like, Kyrie's a unique guy. He's probably not your favorite Duke player of all time. Um, but his skill set is unmatched. Yeah. Uh, there haven't been many players in the history of the game who have the skill set that he has and the ability to score um, at will from anywhere on the court. I mean, that shot he hit in the corner – 
uh, with, with, I think it was Jalen Brown. Yep. Had his hand, I mean, in his face, and he hit that shot. I mean, what yeah. a high level yeah. basketball, man. When, when you start, when you start to critique Kyrie Irving too often, is the case. You immediately start talking about things that have nothing to do with the ball bouncing on the hardwood. It is 100% Kyrie the person, and we forget about Kyrie the basketball player. Injuries have been a part of that. His vaccine status had been a part of that. But when that guy's on the floor, like, are you kidding me? He is one of the most gifted, talented players the game, the sport has ever seen. Watching the guy dribble, it's a clinic every single time. And, uh, man, I love the playoffs because we get to be reminded. We said there's no Duke basketball being played right now. But you see those former Duke guys getting a chance to hoop a little bit at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have the guys that are that just play supporting roles on their teams. You know, you yep. got a guy like Gary Trin, who I think is going to be out or who was out uh, last night's game. Um, but he's a very important uh, member of the, of the Toronto Raptors. And there are others. I, I can't obviously go down the list. Uh, there are others. But um, it's really neat to see those guys, some of them who we knew they had the potential when they were at Duke, but we weren't sure. Gary Trent is a classic one. You knew Gary had the potential but you weren't quite sure. And there were a lot, a lot of Duke fans who were like, he needs another year at Duke. He needs to stay one more year. And, man, he's proved us wrong, right? He's gone to the league. He is a starting two-man in the league. He plays great defense. He shoots 40% from the three-point line. He's everything you'd want in an NBA guard. Let me get one more NBA deal in here, and then we'll, we'll take a break, and we'll come back and talk about the current state of, of Duke men's basketball. But we're talking playoffs. We've talked Gary Trent Jr. We've talked about that epic Brooklyn and Boston series. Uh, last week on the show, I went over all 13 players that went to Duke that are now in the NBA playoffs. I want to talk about the number two seat in the West. The second best team in the Western Conference is the Memphis Grizzlies, who somehow, some way, went 20-2. and 20-2 and two in games that Ja Morant was not out on the floor. And that's because Tyus Jones was their backup point guard. And for the fourth straight year, Tyus Jones led the league in assist-to-turnover ratio, setting an NBA record. Never before had a player had the highest assist-to-turnover ratio in four consecutive seasons. And Tyus Jones has done that. And without one of the most exciting players in the sport in John Morant, his team still went 20-2 and when Tyus Jones was the starting point guard. So I follow NBA basketball fairly closely, um, and there are voters for the MVP and the first team All-NBA all NBA teams who basically what they're saying in a nutshell is because of how good Tyus Jones is, it could it is making John Morant it is actually a little bit of a, a, a clip off of him. Like, sure. how could they be that good when he's not there? Like, how valuable really is he? And my argument there, that's that should take nothing away from John Morant. John Morant is still one of the top five, six, seven players in the league, and he should be in the MVP uh, you know, conversation. What it's saying is, and this is what people are not saying, is that Tyus Jones is an incredible basketball player. He ought to be a starting guard in the league. Um, you know, before the, the Celtics went on their incredible run to close the, the season out, there was a lot of talk of were they, were they going to put Marcus Smart on the trading block. He wasn't the true point guard and all those things. And nobody mentioned this, but I'm thinking, man, Tyus Jones <laughs> on that Boston Celtics team would be absolutely unstoppable, getting the ball to those wings. But anyway, that doesn't need to happen right now. Marcus Smart's playing great. 
Uh, but yeah, you're right. Tyus Jones and Trey, not far behind him. Uh, yep. Not far behind him. Both of those guys are just, I believe they're going to be in the league for as long as they want to be in the league. Yeah, they're so good. The Jones brothers, Trey finished second in assist to turnover ratio. Uh, and your older, I mean, that, that's a, the younger brother. I feel like they're always kind of getting the sign and your older brother is the only reason that you're not the league leader in that assist to turnover department. Kind of fun. Uh, let's talk about Duke men's basketball currently with Josh Cox in just a moment when we return here on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. JJ Jackson here on Lockdown Blue Devils with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. He's on Twitter at Joshua Cox and check out the show at Duke FB Talk to interact with them. They're over at Section 17. Their podcast is now available to recap the spring game. All right, let's talk basketball. Last week, I did a couple of end of season reviews. For the Duke men's basketball team, we saw the banquet take place. And in terms of the roster, as we're doing this on our Tuesday, April 19th edition of Locked on Blue Devils, we have learned now, Josh, that Joey Baker is going to come back and play another year uh, for Duke basketball. He had a hip surgery that not too many people knew about was happening or anything. And then all of a sudden, he shows up to the banquet on crutches the next day, Duke makes the announcement that that's what happened. He's making a full recovery, and he's going to use his COVID year. What does it mean Joey Baker's coming back for another year? Well, at the end of the day, it's a 22-, 23-year-old man on the roster um, as opposed to an 18- or 19-year-old kid on the roster, right? And Joey's got his limitations. We know that. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, can you have a fifth – if you can have a fifth-year guy stay around, I don't care what his limitations are. He's going to bring something to that locker room that you can't replicate. And so I personally am happy for Joey. Uh, just to be honest with you, I'd have been very disappointed if this had not happened. Uh, the way that it went down, the way he didn't have a senior day, uh, all those things. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, there's got to be something in the works. Um, and then when he wasn't playing at all, you know, for the last few games of the season, I'm thinking, I, I understand we, we, we whittle the bench down a little bit um, as we get closer to the end, but Man, Joey could have come in sometime, maybe given us a, a boost. Well, now we know. And so I was just relieved. I think it's going to be good. Returning team captain, I'll take that any day of the week. And by yeah. the way, Duke fans Duke fans need to appreciate it too. I know Joey's got his limitations. We get it. We understand he's not going to be an elite defender. But, man, we, we, we gripe and complain about not getting to know guys and guys not staying. <laughs> so when they do stay – we better show them love and respect, man. No doubt about it. I'm glad you said that. I, I had thought about that in the past before, but that is exactly true. Like, uh, be excited about the fact that, that Joey is taking this opportunity to come back. He's an experienced guy. When these one-and-done teams for Duke have fallen short a little bit, you've heard Duke fans start to say, well, if there was a little bit more experience or that sort of thing or leadership. And leadership doesn't always have to be production. Like, that's one of Coach K's number one talking points is that your on-court production doesn't have to make you 
a leader. Like you could still be a leader and not play as much. And so for Baker to come back, the shooter that he's going to be, uh, I think he's a great guy to have for somebody like Jaden Shute, who's not one of the heralded recruits coming in, but is going to be an absolute bucket and shooter at the next level. So thrilled he's a part of that Duke recruiting class. Um, what we also learned yesterday, uh, Mark Williams got to team up with the ever-incredible Duke men's basketball social team and release a video thanking Duke, claiming himself to be a Blue Devil forever. But after two seasons and as the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, a finalist for the National Defensive Player of the Year award, Mark Williams, a projected lottery pick, has officially declared for the 2022 NBA draft. You know, think back two and a half years ago, I remember I followed basketball recruiting a little bit more than football recruiting. Um, and I just remember guys talking about all of Mark's limitations. <laughs> hey, don't get, don't be so high on Mark Williams. He has so many limitations. And, man, my guy came in, and obviously at the end of last season, I mean, could have gone pro at the end of last season with the, with the, the stretch that he had there. But then this year – and, you know, here's the thing. Mark took a chance by coming back because he rode that, like, seven or eight game wave at the end of last season. Right. And then our season got abruptly ended. Um, and he could have very easily said, listen, I'm probably a late first round, early second round guy. I'm going to go while I know I can. But he came back and he ran the risk of coming back. And honestly, there's a number of things that could happen. Injuries, uh, God forbid. But you could, you could play behind people. I mean, Theo John could have come in and really looked special and Mark would have even started. You know, so he took a risk. Uh, but in taking that risk, um, Mark came back and showed people that that last stretch of his freshman season was not a fluke. He is the real deal. Once he f- figures out positioning, once he bulks up a little bit, once he's given the freedom to shoot the ball a little bit more, I mean, I think this guy's going to be a great NBA player. He's going to have a long career. Who doesn't want a seven foot one guy with a seven foot seven wingspan? who can also shoot a jumper. Who doesn't want that guy? Everybody, every team in the NBA wants a guy like that. No kidding. And now they're going to get the opportunity to draft him. He has climbed up uh, draft boards and that sort of thing. Mark Williams declaring for the draft. uh, Quote release from Coach K. Quote, Mark was a joy to coach. This is such a special moment for him and his incredible family, and we will miss having the Williamses in our program. Mark was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year and one of the best shot blockers in the country, but that doesn't tell the entire story about the type of player he is. He is gifted at both ends of the floor and is driven to get better every day. The NBA team that drafts Mark is obviously getting a talented player, but an equally impressive young man off the court that will represent their organization with class. I cannot wait to watch him at the next level. End quote. That coming for Mike Krzyzewski. His sister Elizabeth has her jersey retired in the rafters at Cameron Indoor after a standout career for the Duke women's basketball program. There equally could have been more pressure on Mark to have a great career because your sister did so well in that same building. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, he lived that, up there, to it. He did. He, he more than lived up to it, in my opinion. More than lived up to it. And I think what it was neat was to watch his sister – become like his biggest cheerleader throughout yeah. the season and watch her on Twitter and social media and the way she interacted about what he was doing. And I love that. And um, yeah, there are certain kids you just get this vibe from. They're just, they're just good people. They're good people. You get that vibe from her. You get that vibe from Mark. And I, I couldn't be happier 
for a kid uh, coming into Duke, um, exceeding expectations from his recruiting and just turning out to be an incredible ball player. All right, let's get ready to talk about Duke men's basketball, the current state of the program, and what's next for John Shire in just a moment. Before we do that, we've got time now for a big announcement here with the Locked On Podcast Network as we get you set for the NFL Draft starting April 28th. Tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Lodicey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of Peacock and Williamson's NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Moving forward here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson hanging out with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right, we've got more decisions that need to be made. The longer it goes, there's a clock that's ticking now. We're about a week away, April 25th, from when decisions for early entrance have to be made. They can still come back after that deadline, but you got to announce here in the next six or seven days, there's more and more momentum about the likes of Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore Jr. potentially coming back in Durham. Are you kind of sensing that, Josh, or where do you stand? Do you think ultimately the decisions have already been made? Yeah, well, a couple of uh, Twitter shout-outs here to people who I feel like uh, are in the know. One of them is that Duke NBA at Duke NBA. It's Zion. Yes. I, forget, I don't know his yes. last name. He's very well connected to the program. Um, he has been right on numerous occasions about many things. Um, and he has been dropping that hint now for about a week and a half that I think Duke fans are going to be happy, right? And so that's all he'll say at this point, and I, and I respect that. Uh, but just earlier last night, Brendan Marks um, has also floated out there um, that that – there's one less announcement that'll be made about going to the pros for Duke. Um, and he's actually uh, mentioned that he's got an article prepared, preparing an article. So I, I don't know if he already knows who it is. Um, it's obviously between Wendell and Trevor. And I'm, I'm interested to know your opinion as well. Uh, which one of those guys, uh, obviously both would be, I mean, we'd be doing back I, we'd be doing backflips, and now that you guys can see me on on YouTube, if I did a backflip, that'd be incredible. <laughs> um, but uh, but but if those two came back, I would do one. Um, I believe it's gonna be one of those two. JJ, I'd love your thoughts. Actually, let me. I'm reversing the roles here. Yeah, let's thoughts. do that. If you if you had to say Window Moore or Trevor Keels, this is not a knock against either one of those guys. If you had to say one of the two comes back next year, which one is it? Yeah, I talked about this on one of the shows two weeks ago with Ryan Lohman, the Duke Nation Twitter mm -hmm. account out there, and uh, was asking about the better NBA careers of the two guys. Who's out there? Who is it uh, with Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore? And the more I think about it, the more confused I get, Josh, honestly, because <laughs> I feel like I change the answer every day. There's one way to look at it with Wendell Moore Jr. in that you've been at Duke for three years. Can your stock really elevate? or is now the time to move forward? And we saw uh, the heavy workload on Wendell as the year went along. I think he kind of tailed off a little bit in some departments. I think some of that could be that Jeremy Roach really asserted himself in that point guard mm -hmm. spot, and Wendell uh, tailed, uh, tailed off a good bit. But Trevor, the same way. I think that at times it looked like Trevor Keels offensively 
wasn't as productive as you would have liked for him to be. What I keep coming back to, though, and I think it was Brendan Marks, even of The Athletic, who really brought this to my attention, is the fact that Wendell is only a few months older than Paulo Bancaro. Like, I, 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 that needs to be said again. Wendell Moore Jr. Does. is yep. only a few months older than Paulo Bancaro. And so when you're thinking about three years in college versus one, instantly, okay, that guy needs to go. He's been here three years. But from an age perspective and what a team is looking at, I don't know that it really is that big of an issue. For Duke going into next year, the two-guard spot seems to be more of an uncertainty. And I just think Trevor Keels, again, is going to have the better NBA career. I think he's the better basketball player. So I think the progression with him being the guy offensively going into the year next year, I think I'd be more excited from him. But I'm do I can't do backflips either. I've torn the ACL twice already in my lifetime. It probably happened a third time if I tried to. But if either one of those guys comes back, I'm attempting it. And if both guys come back for Duke, uh, we're gonna have to live stream us doing cartwheels together, Josh. We're yeah, gonna make it <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to that. Yeah. So here, here's my quick thoughts. Um, I don't think Wendell's draft stock is gonna get any higher by coming right. back. Okay. Uh, number one, but if he does come back, he will go down in Duke history. A four-year guy, a champion, uh, not a national champion yet, uh, but uh, gone to the Final Four, ACC champion, and a four-year guy. Got the Dr. J Award this year for the best small Correct. forward in the country. And, and you mentioned Joey Baker. Uh, sometimes leadership is not necessarily on the court, but Wendell, his leadership is on the court, and that's important as well. Um, so – I think for Wendell's sake, he probably needs to go pro. For Trevor's sake, listen, here's a guy who comes in as a shooting guard, a two-man, and he shot 30% from the three-point from the right. three line. Um, he will be a second-round pick or a late first-rounder. I don't care what I don't care what the mock drafts are saying right now. He's not going to go mid-first round. If he goes first they're round, they're just going to look at the late. numbers. Yeah, Correct, and they're going to say, hey – he might be able to shoot, but he didn't do it all year at Duke. Um, and so, like, I think he does stand um, – he could very – similar to Mark Williams, uh, obviously different positions, but he could come back and say, hey, those last couple games you saw me play in the tournament, that's who I really am, and I'm going to come back next year and show you that. And so, uh, I would love to see that. I agree with you, Derek, Derek Whitehead did not come to Duke to sit on the bench. So, he will be uh, starting and playing. I think it makes a lot more sense – for Trevor Kills uh, to, to stay than it does Wendell Moore. But, hey, I'm going to be happy with either one of them. So our, our last thought here, Trevor Kills comes back. Roach, Kills, Whitehead, Filipowski, Lively, is that sort of the first five that you're envisioning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then obviously we are going to be in the transfer portal. Right. I mean, uh, uh, we're, we're going to be. I mean, there's uh, uh, the kid from Kansas State. Um, that's, that's, we're down in his five right. or two or three, whatever it is. Kid from SMU, both of those are like point guards. Right. So I could definitely see us running a little bit of that 2015 Jeremy Roach as Quinn Cook and whoever else is Tyus Jones, right? I could see us running that two point guard look. We'll see. That'll be something that you could definitely talk about on my no for and, sure. If that happens, we could put together a national title run team. The no five, question. the five that I just listed had five-star Mark Mitchell coming off the bench. Like, that's just where yeah. Duke is at right now. Uh, and then again, Jaden Shute, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's going to be yeah. great. 
Um, so, yeah, awesome stuff. Josh, I appreciate it. As always, give me one final plug for the Section 17 podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Go wherever you find podcasts. Just search Section 17 podcast. You'll see us come up there, Duke Football Talk. Uh, we just released a new episode about spring practice in the spring game, kind of where we see the program. We do a deep dive on all that stuff. Um, give us a five-star rating and review. Do the same thing right now uh, for Lockdown Blue Devils. We appreciate it. It helps both of our podcasts to grow uh, if you will do that. So if you enjoy this content, content, if you enjoy the content at Section 17, help us out. It's simple. It's quick. But leave us a rating and review. We'd appreciate it. Josh, I appreciate it as always. I look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? All right, man. Have a great one. We'll see you, JJ. All right. That's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast. And that wraps up another edition here of Locked on Blue Devils. Again, thanks so much to my buddy Josh for stopping by. Check out Section 17. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. <laughs>